Hello, my name's Ricky Hellier, and I'm a lecturer at Cardiff University School of Healthcare Sciences. Welcome to Behind the Health Statistic. In this episode, my colleague Gaynor Beam will be speaking to Gavin Shepherd about his experience of living with HIV. So what is HIV? Well, HIV is the human immunodeficiency virus, and it's a virus which damages the cells in the immune system. So if you've heard of HIV, you might also know about the condition called AIDS, and AIDS stands for Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. And that's the name given to describe a number of potentially life-threatening illnesses and infections which happen when the immune system has been severely damaged by the HIV virus. There's no current cure for HIV, but with early diagnosis and effective treatment, most people with HIV will not develop any AIDS-related illnesses and will live a near normal lifespan. So now over to Gaina and Gavin. Hello, my name is Gaina Bean. I'm one of the uh, lecturers of healthcare um, sciences in Cardiff, and I have Gavin Shepherd with me today, who's going to chat to us about living with HIV. So. Hi, Gavin. How are you? Hi, again. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yes, thank you for inviting me on. Oh, no, thank you. I'm delighted to have you with us today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit and how you found out about um, that you had HIV? Okay, so um, I was 21 um, and I am now 37, just to give you some idea of how long I've had it for a start. Um, so it all began with, uh, I had a rash between my legs and I thought it was a chafing rash. Um, I'm not the smallest of boys. Um, and I was back and forth with the doctor a lot, you know, they were giving me cream, ointments, medication, antibiotics, whatever it was, I can't remember, but nothing was working and nothing was clearing it up. So I was starting to get ratty and get, get irritated about it and, went to my doctor the one day and I said enough's enough I need you to test for everything but anything you can test me for I want bloods you know I didn't know what the next stages were but I said test me for bloods so he uh, gave me an A4 piece of paper and on there was a list two columns of a list of everything that I could be tested for and I just ticked every single box and the GP said to me Gavin um you've ticked there for HIV. And he said, you know, if you tick that, that's going to go on your record and, you know, it can cause complications later on with insurance and mortgages, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, gosh, yeah. And thought of that. Yeah. And and I ticked it. I think because I was quite naive to life anyway, I was just reckless. I said, yeah, go for it. I, I, I Test me for everything. Um. And lo and behold, um, that was on the Wednesday. And he said, look, it's going to be two weeks before you have your results. Um, on the Friday late afternoon, I was in work and I was, I'm an estate agent. So uh, I was actually a negotiator at the time and I was showing somebody around property and it was te- about 10 to five. And he phoned me and he said, Gavin, where are you? And I said, I'm in work. He said, I need you to not go to that appointment. I need you to make your way to the surgery. So straight away, as you can imagine, yeah, uh, this was in Pontypridd. I lived in Cardiff. You know, it was going to be a rush hour. 
Um, and I'm saying, I can't just leave work. I've got people arriving. He said, look, I need you to, to come now. So I remember phoning my boss and I said, look, I've, my doctor just phoned me. I, I need to go right now. The surgery closed at five o'clock. So I knew there was something serious for him to stay on from work um, and to make me leave work early. Um, so anyway, I, I, I don't know how I got there, but I remember driving probably quite recklessly. Um, got to um, the health centre where my GP was. It was all in darkness and it felt like it was just oh. a light at the end of a tunnel. And, you know, it, it felt like slow motion. I'm walking at the corridor um, and to, to my GP's What did room. you think it was going, what, what was going through your head at the time? What did you think it was? Wow. It was quite you scary, know. really, isn't it? If you think, sort of, hadn't had it, that preparation, had you? Yeah, no, I hadn't. But, but also, I think, I was expecting the worst. I was expecting yeah. to be, be HIV because as a gay man, you know, not so much in the heterosexual world, but, you know, in the homeless, being a homosexual and a gay man going out in the clubs, you know, you see it, you're always giving condoms and, you know, you're aware of it, but you, you're not aware much about it. You're just aware yeah. of it. And um, so, yeah, I, 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 I had an inkling and not because I thought, you know what, um, I don't know, and not not because I, I thought, yeah, you know, I'd be sleeping around, I'd been playing the field, and um, that, that's that's got to be it. But yeah. I just thought the worst. Just that, that's it. you know, it's like if you can find a lump, you you yeah. straight away you think it's cancer because you always think the worst. Yeah. So I went into his room, um, and I stood over. I remember standing over him, and. And he said, take a seat. And I said, I'm not sitting down. I said, why am I here? And he said, take a seat. And I said, I'm not sitting down. I remember this like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. And he said, uh, he said, look, I said, what? I said, I said, you're, he said, have you got any idea what you think it could be? And I said, yeah. I said, you're about to diagnose me HIV positive. And, and I remember the look on his face. It was just a sorry sigh as it, you know, he didn't know what to say, but he was agreeing with me. Mm. And um, I remember throwing myself around the surgery because I was thinking, no, no, I'm going to die. That's all all yeah. I thought of immediately. Yeah. And he contained me, held me tight. And I remember him saying, he said to me, Gav, he said, um, he registered me as a baby. So it was quite, oh, so it was hard for him as well. I know him very well. Yeah. And, um, and he can he contained me and he held me and he said, Gav, he said, we, we'll get you through this. He said, it's not my field. He said, but I know you're going to be okay. Oh. And um, yeah. And he said to me, listen, already I've made an appointment for you tomorrow to go down to the clinic to see a specialist. Um, you know, wrote it all down for me. He said, I'm not expecting you to remember all this. So you, here we are. This is, this is your guide to tomorrow. Yeah. And um and that was it. And I remember leaving there and thinking, how am I going to get home? Because I, my legs wouldn't work. And I and I, do you know what? At the time I had, I was 21. I was driving a brand spanking new Mercedes SLK. I thought I was chocolate. Yeah. I was invincible. I was living the life. I was in a good wage. I was, you know, it was a dream. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the car and I hadn't long had it. And I remember sitting in the car and thinking, this can blow up. I don't care. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. I don't know what my future, what my future looks like. So I got myself home 
um, even though I had a key, I was living with my parents. Uh, even though I had a key, I knocked the door for some reason. Mum came to the door and I'm in a heap on the floor and I'm saying, Mum looks at me to say what the hell is going on. And uh, yeah. I I said to her, Mum, I'm dying. And, she, and, she, and I remember the look on her face now. She didn't have a clue what I was on about. Uh, even yeah. you know what? Even when I told her I've, I'm HIV positive, you know, mum, mum didn't know it. She thought she said, "What is that? Is, is it a cancer or what?" She Did didn't she know. know. Really? She didn't know. And she lived through the eighties pan uh, epidemic, yeah. you know, or pandemic, whatever you want to call it. So she's seen all those adverts, but has never really taken any notice really? of it because yeah. never felt there was any need. Um. So I remember sitting in the dining room. And I phoned one of my friends because I just felt like I needed him there. And he came over and again, you know, even though he was a, a gay man, you know, we again, he's the same situation as me, being out in the clubs and seeing, seeing it around, but never really taking any notice. So he, he just looked at me to, to say, well, what do you do? What, what do we do? What can we do to help? Um, and mum said, listen, I'm going to call you, your father because he was at the pub. Dad came home, um, walked through the door. I remember it. He had a fag in his mouth. And he, and he said, um, he walked into the dining room. Obviously, he'd had a couple, a couple of pints. And um, he looked at me and I said, Dad, I've been tested positive. Now, this was a completely different reaction because mum didn't have a clue and all I had to say to my dad was, Dad, I've been tested positive. Yeah. You know, he knew exactly what I was on about. Dad switched on. And uh, and I remember the, the shock on his face and his, the fag just fell out of his mouth and landed on the floor. And you could just see the horror. Um, and he just broke down and wow. just went into a frenzy. And he, he left the house and he ran up the road. Um so I, had to, I went after him. I, I yeah. ran after him, um, which seemed like we were running for ages, but we weren't. Um, and I said, you've got to stop. You, you Listen, I don't know what the, my future holds. I don't know what journey we're about to go on or I'm about to adventure on, but you need to be there for me. You need to be strong because I'm going to need you now more than I ever have. Yeah. And, and I remember him, he, he turned around, he, he pulled me to him and you know we're talking about a man's man that used to run all the doors in Cardiff you know he was he's a bolshie guy yeah and um and he held me to him and he said he said you're my son I love you and no matter what you know yeah don't don't ever forget that um but I think it was just the whole shock and I'm his only blood son and I, I I'm his only blood relative he doesn't know any other family so I think initially he probably thought I'm going to lose everything yeah. that I have, if you like. So it was a really, really tough and intense day. Because um, that must have been really hard. I'm just trying to think of how things happen now compared to, I'm trying to work out when that was, because I can't work out my 16 years ago. My 2007, I think. 2007. No, no one's that, that doesn't sound that long ago now, does it? But, um, but I just yeah. think you know, how we would do things now. And, you know, very often there would be that counselling and preparation. So that must have been really hard on a Friday evening at five o'clock. And then yeah. to go home and just, and you're then 
supporting your parents then want to support you that must have been difficult for you all on that Friday yeah. night and just yeah do you know what I think it was Friday night it couldn't have been Friday night because the, the following day I went down to the clinic so yeah. it might have been a Thursday or you know yeah. but whatever day it was anyway the following yeah. day but it would be completely different now but also because back then I didn't I wasn't able to go home and and you know get into Google no yeah that wasn't available so I went home my and I was just stewing on it you know um yeah. playing around in my head um but the following day I remember getting up and I phoned in sick to work and I remember going to the down to the clinic and oh horrible it's a horrible place to go even when you go in just for a checkup I appreciate yeah. now you know in the old-fashioned way you go into a room and they'd call you out and you go up different corridors and you know if you were going to A or B you're okay but if you were being called to sweet C, really, you knew there was something, you know, and all those people in that room, whether they knew or not, you felt they they knew. Yeah. So you were almost being, you know, sent off into your own little directions. And um, they called my number. I went went out, uh, went up to the, went to the room, and I remember the woman's name. She was um, Joe Potter. And I would love to meet her now. I'd love to see her now just to say thank you because this woman was so bold in how she came across. Now, I'm a bit of a snowflake. You know, I I am very sensitive. I mean, I've learned to get better, but, you know, I'm I'm very emotional person. Um and she sat me down and she said, right, big day for you yesterday, wasn't it? And I said, yes, it was. And she said, it's okay. You're not special. She said, don't think you're the only person that's ever had this. She said, and you're going to be absolutely fine. She said, thankfully, we've had a breakthrough with medication, which has been improving for the last so many years. Um, and, you know, this is what you're going to do. This is how your life is going to look. She said, it's not going to look any different, you know. Um, and I said, I remember asking her the question, right, how long, how long have I got? And yeah. she said, she said, with the medication at the moment, she said, it is really powerful stuff. And she said, I would say you've got about 10 years, good years. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's not, not so long. I'm only 21. That's going to take yeah. me to, you know, 30 yeah. and I'm not going to have lived. But um yeah. That's quite hard in itself, even though it's ten, that's you know, it's not long really, <laughs> isn't it? You know, like I said, when you're 21, um, that must have been very hard for you. It was hard. And, yeah. and I remember um leaving there and and okay, thankfully, as as the years have gone on, medication is improved. So, you know, now the medication is that good. I will out, you know, potentially, because I'm closely monitored, I could outlive what I would norm would have done yeah. without having HIV because, you know, they're checking things regularly, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been a funny journey. Cause I would say for, for years, I'm a very open person and, you know, I'm an entertainer, so I'm very expressive. Um, so I've got a huge circle of friends and associates and I'd meet up with people and you'd have a drink, you know, and you'd, become loose lips and you'd be like I've got something to tell you um 
and you know what that night one person would turn into another person and as the time went on you i remember thinking who knows and who doesn't because i'd be yeah. saying to you, on a night out i've got something to tell you and they'd go gather do you know and i'd be like oh okay <laughs> so were you, did you find it quite easy like not that's is that the right word but were you able to tell people and did you feel comfortable telling people who were hiv to think, um, do you think that's in you and how you are? Yeah, I was comfortable telling the people I knew. Yeah. Um, and I know some people aren't, but I was. And because I know I'm a nice person, I know I'm liked and I know I'm loved. So, you know, and I think the more people I told, the easier it was to yeah. just come out with it. But I got to a point where I was thinking there's some of my family that don't know. There's some friends that don't know. I know people are going to be talking about me, not not in a derogative way, but I know people are going to be talking about me. And this was starting to make me go crazy. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was two weeks before my 30th birthday where I was having a big do. Um, there was over 300 people invited, family, friends that I haven't seen for years. And I remember, and I said to my my mum and a couple of friends, I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out on my birthday, and I'm gonna tell everyone." And they were all saying, "It's not the right thing to do, you know. Think about it." And I said, "You know what? It feels right to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, for all I know, lots of people could get up and walk out, which is, I think, that what some people thought would happen." And um, and I said, no, I owe this to myself and this is my opportunity to do it. So I remember going on stage just before I was singing or I might have sung a song. Then I was thanking everyone for coming and I came out with it. And, do you know, I remember the word shivering or shaking out of my mouth mm -hmm. as I was singing and everyone in the room, I mean, you, couldn't, you, you couldn't hear a pin drop. And there was, all, there was a good few hundred people there. And I remember everybody standing up and applauding me. Aww. And oh, I'm getting quite emotional. I'm yeah, just thinking about it. That must have been really emotional, yeah. It was. And, you know, I was prepared for backlash. Mm. I had mentally prepared myself for rejection. Um. And just to see everyone there, you know, just stick with me. It was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. And and from that, I think I took a lot of confidence and strength, knowing that do you know what, if 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 these people can accept it, yeah, it doesn't matter who doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because all the people that matter are in this room right now. So then, um, I was constantly approached all the time to, to speak out about it um, bec because um, they felt I had a platform being, you know, locally known quite well. Um, I, I wanted to, but something was stopping me. It just wasn't right. And then in 2016, um, what had happened, I'd been on social media, uh, not social media, I'd been on dating apps, trying to meet up with people and, you know, I was I was used to being knocked back. As soon as you'd be told, you'd be asked a question. So, are you clean? Um, this is on a, a, a gay app, a gay app called Grinder, for instance. And um, 
So is and that I, the norm to ask that then? That's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I think it's a very intrusive question. Mm. Now that that to something you would go around asking. You clean, yeah. You know that you, you know that you would take that on, on, in the in the gay community when you say are you clean, you mean have you got any STIs? You know. Yeah. And, and yes, but do you know what? I used to say, well. Well, yes, I showered this morning, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. hello. Um, but I knew exactly what they meant. Yeah. And I used to try and get in and try and try and educate them quickly. How what can I say to them now to try and keep their attention, but I'm not gonna lie to them. Yeah. Um and it was, yeah, I mean, sometimes people would listen, sometimes people would get into an argument with you. You're disgusting, you know, and I'd be trying to really? educate them in it. You know, because I know any minute they're going to press block. Yeah. And, you know, it was almost become a game to see how long I could keep did, them talking. Would you it. be right up front, right from the from the beginning, would you, in, um, when you were using the dating apps and so forth? Just Yeah, sometimes, yes. And yeah. sometimes, I think it depends on what mood I was in. Yeah. Some days if I was com- feeling confident, then I'd be like, yeah, if they approached me, I would be, you know, very forthcoming because I thought, well, they've they've approached me. If I've approached them, you know, maybe slightly different because I wasn't sure if they were interested. You know, it's yeah. it is all very. It was everyone was so different, but um. Anyway, so never mind. All they want to know is if you got HIV. They couldn't care. They couldn't care. Yeah. If if you had chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis. Hep C, you know, there's all these other things, you know, that are still really, you know, really nasty, contagious things that you have. Yes, absolutely. But the one they want to know is if you're HIV positive. Well, you know, sometimes I say, no, I'm not. And then I remember at one point they they changed the app where you could upload your status. And I put my status on there that I was HIV positive. And then I wasn't sure whether people were messaging me because of that or people were or... So I was like, this is driving me nuts again, so I'm taking it off. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, yeah. thankfully I am such a big character and, and personality-wise, but I can imagine this really gets to people and really yeah. gets people down. Because it's yeah. not something you would, you you know, in other circumstances, like you said, that's not a status you would go around saying right from the beginning, is it? You know, you it's would not sex and status, is it? Come on. No. You know, it's not going you want to wave the flag. Yeah. You know, if you've got cancer, for instance, you know, it's, it's everyone wants to help you and everyone wants to support you. And we're going to raise money and, blah, 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 you know, yeah. we're out there like I am. If, if that happens to somebody I love yeah. on and the first one to put my hand in my pocket, but, you know, it's like when you're trying to raise money for the Terence Higgins Trust, which is, you know, a support network and you try and tell people you're raising money for them. It's not sexy, isn't it? It's not something you... People want to yeah. shout out that they just put 20 quid into the Terence Higgins Trust. It's, you know, it's not, Yeah, it, it's a tabooed subject. It's hard then, isn't it? It's difficult. So I think, like you said, I think you had, a, I'm not saying good experience, but reaction to your friends and family and people who you cared about, I think yeah, yeah. you were, that's, you were really lucky in that they were very supportive and, but were there, were there incidents when, like you said, other than being blocked, that you had a really difficult time and people reacted, the people that you loved and knew well reacted badly? Or 
<laughs> not family wise or not that I'm aware of whether or not they have said something to family and the family have kept it away from me I don't know I can't imagine they would if anything they would say you need to speak to Gavin you need to you know Happen learn and yeah yeah um but what I remember it was in 2006 or 2016 sorry and you know by now I've had it a long time I'm done with the rejection. I am done with, I've had, I've had a long-term relationship and they were fine. You know, um, I've, I've grown up. I've had a bit more life experience. I've lived past my 10 year deadline. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm still going strong. Yeah. absolutely. And I'm thinking, do you know why I'm sick of this? And I remember one guy asked me on, on Grindr, he was a Grindr again. And he, I'd met him, I'd met up with him, and you know, just for a fling, just for a bit of fun. And we were, I was, we, we used protection, uh, etc. And we got chatting afterwards. And I thought, you know what? I didn't think I was going to like you, but you know, I actually had a good time. Yeah. I was going to meet each other again. Um, he's asking me, you know, yeah, are we going to meet again? And I said, yes. But I would like to tell you that, you know, I do live with HIV. Um, and as long as you're happy with that, you know, that's all I've got to hide. Yeah. And at the time he was in uni studying medicine or something. Well, he, he went off. I have a keyboard warrior or what, but the message I had back, that's disgusting. You, can, I, I can't possibly get involved with somebody living with HIV. I'm studying medicine. And I thought, wow. You know, somebody who studied study in medicine, yeah, surely would know more probably than me. Yeah, but it was clear that wasn't the case. He was very naive. Um, oh my god, like it, it was awful. And the day before that, I'd had a, um, a call from I think it was the Terence Siggins Trust saying, "Gavin, ITV have contacted us looking for somebody to go on national TV to do." A, you know, documentary for World AIDS Day. And I'd said no. And when that happened, when he give when we sent me that message, I remember going on my emails, finding the email from whoever had sent it through some THT. And I replied and I said, let's do it. So I'd committed straight away to going on national TV. Not probably not thinking about it, just it, you know, I just um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But frustrated about the lack of understanding, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the following day, the fo- it was it all happened so very quickly. Uh, the following day, I'm I've got the uh, I've got the cameras in my living room. Um, we're all set up, and I'm thinking, oh my god, what am I doing? Right, <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. Um, I sat there and I bawled my eyes out. I told my story. Um, again, every time I've spoken about it and every time I have, a weight is lifted off my shoulders because it's it's bizarre. It's just like some, it's, anyway. So I'm sat there and um, asking lots of questions. And afterwards I'm thinking, oh, I wish I'd said that. You know what it's like. I wish yeah, I'd yeah. Said that, that across, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, so I said to them, when, when's this going out live? And they said, oh, it'll be tomorrow. We'll go back. We're going to be editing um, and it, it'll go out tomorrow. 
Fine, no problem. I remember going out into town and I, I was sat in a Chinese and I thought, oh my God, ah, what have I done? And that, that sheer doubt came over me and I panicked. Oh, and I was like, oh, I can't, e- I can't even tell them not to do it now because it's too late. Yeah. It's dead. And um, so I thought, right, what can I do? I'm sat, I'm sat in the Chinese, I'm playing with the chopsticks, and I and, the, and I thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the feelers out, I'm gonna put it on Facebook as a status. Yeah. And I'm gonna see what a reception I have for the people that know of yeah. me, know me, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I have a decent following on Facebook because of the singing. Um well, I, I remember pressing update or upload whatever it is to, to publish it. And I remember just be, being overwhelmed with the love and the support. Mm. And again, I was expecting yeah, the, the backlash, the negativity, the haters to come out, you know, and it didn't. And, you know, people from school who, you know, it's like when you're in school and there's people that, you know, who were the cool kids and, you know, when they're reaching out to you and they're, and they're saying, you know, I'm proud of you. You know, and yeah. it was just the most, I want to say liberating. It was just, it was the most fantastic feeling for somebody in my position to to, to yeah. have. And I went with it. From there, it went on, it went online. It went on, obviously, it was accessible worldwide. I had people from all over the world contacting and reaching out to, to me to say, yeah. thank you. You really inspired me and give me strength to, to come out about my status. Um, I hope you don't mind me messaging you. It was just like mind blowing. Yeah. And from that, I just, I just decided that do you know what, this is my duty. This is my, this is my. I was given this for a reason because now I can help others on this journey. And you know, some people say that I am an activist because you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the front line with it, if you like. Yeah. Whatever it is, I don't care. But I just know someone at some point will, you know, will learn from my story or gain strength or inspiration. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been, wow. it's been a hell of a journey. It has been. That's really inspiring, actually, Gavin. Um, really happy. It makes me feel very inadequate so well done so in regards to I'm just thinking of treatment wise because you, you've talked about so you're on the treatment now and things, a lot of things have changed so what does that involve for you well from then compared to now I suppose really and, and how often do you need to be monitored and and how it, does it affect your day-to-day life and do you think is it something you think about or is it just something that's there in the background and just yeah okay so do you know what it's somebody a friend of mine who i later on found out that was hiv positive um he was a very close friend but i didn't know um he kept it all close to his chest and and i remember going to see him i I went up to stay with him for a week where he was living and he said to me I'll never let it be my whole life. He said, it's only part of my life. Yeah. And I adapted that straight away. And, you know, I don't think about it every day. No, I don't. Um, I I forget that I have it. Now I only take one tablet a day. 
Um, when I first, when I first um, was diagnosed, I think I went from a combination of two, then it was up to three while they were finding out the balance, what they was needed. Um, and I had a few different combinations o- over the years, but I would say probably for the last, probably eight years, it's been one tablet a day. Yeah. Uh, I'm not being funny. People take more multi, more, more vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, so yeah, it's like clockwork. I take them before I go to bed every night. Um, it's funny because my partner, Luke, who's a nurse, he takes his, he takes his medication while the same time I take mine, you know, and it's, yeah. we don't even think what, what medication are you take and what medication are you take in. They're complete, complete different things, you know, and it's, um, yeah, it's, that, that's just how it is. So, Good so yeah. So really then it doesn't affect you in any part of your life. And so do you don't need to be careful in regards to just your day-to-day living or anything like that now then? No, no, it doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. I'm a very busy person. Um, I work a a long full-time, I'm an estate agent, you know, it's high energy sales. You know, I'm constantly on the go thinking about what's happening next, what's going on tomorrow, planning, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm also an entertainer, so I'm singing. I gig between three and four nights a week. Um, so you can imagine, my days are long anyway. Going home, quick turnaround, and I'm out of the door again. Yeah. So, you know, I challenge anyone to say that HIV can stop you living your life because it's, it, it certainly does. I, well, it hasn't for me. You know, it, it really hasn't. Um, and you know, when it comes to my partner, you know, I'm sure you won't mind me talking about, you know, touching on the, the sexual side of our lifestyle. Um, we, you know, we are faithful, well, we trust each other, we, yeah. we have a monogamous relationship, um, we don't have protected sex because I know the medication that I take not only protects me but it protects him because I cannot pass it on. Um, uh, and I don't know whether you want me to talk about a little bit of when I met Luke, when I met my partner um, on the very first date. And he walked through the door and it was seen from the movies. And I thought, that's it. My life's over. That's my man. Um, within I know Luke first, as well. He's lovely. <laughs> yeah, he's a good boy. And within the first 20 minutes, I told him I hate my status. And... We, we that was within the first 20 minutes and we stayed there until we were kicked out so we were talking and talking and talking he never let on to me that evening that he was absolutely crapping himself after I told him this because he knew he liked me but he didn't have a clue about HIV yeah. and I there's me I'm telling him thinking yeah he's a nurse he knows yeah. everything that needs to be to know he's the best person to talk to about this yeah and it turned out he knew nothing yeah. and for 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 the first few weeks it was trying to get him to open up and talk to me you know he was putting his barrier up because he wanted to but he didn't also didn't want to get hurt he didn't want to he didn't know what he was getting involved with and i said to him, look come down to the clinic with me you can sit with my consultant yeah. you can ask any questions you like i'll leave the room you can ask you know whilst I'm happy for them to disclose my whole file to you. Yeah. So, you know, you have everything that, that I have to, to tell. 
so he did that. Um, then he also did his own research. And do you know what? He's he's been absolutely amazing. He's um he's just an absolute dream. So yeah, th- to me, I'm Gavin. I am not yeah I'm not a boyfriend with HIV. So it's, it's it is amazing. Um, and I'll tell you about another little story. Am I okay going off like this? No, please do. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Thank you. So um. Luke was on a ward uh, with a colleague and they there was a patient on, on the ward that had HIV and she, uh, his colleague said, um, do I need to put gloves on to go, up, wow. to go in with patient, whatever number his bed was, I don't know. And Luke said, pattern and because he was generally quite shocked with how even though he didn't know much about it he also knew that you know you couldn't catch it by touching them or breathing the yeah. same air with them but this other nurse was and um you know luke was very now, how good long at- ago was that Gavin? to put perspective into that okay so that this is 2021 this wow. is last year and and <laughs> Luke is amazing. I mean, he's he's a great teacher. He's a great trainer. He he explains things very well. Um, so I knew that she would have been. He would have dealt with that situation so well. Yeah. And and he said, "Listen, I'm going to deal with that patient for you today. Um, but I want you to do me a favor." He said, "We're working again together tomorrow." He said, "Will you go home tonight?" And will you do some um, research on HIV? And she did. And the following day, she came into work and she said, Luke, I feel so stupid. She said, but you know what? When I was training, we weren't taught this. And it's something that I've never been, I've had to deal with in the past. Um, But yeah, but thankfully, yeah, you can go home and you gave her the right websites to go and search on. and. Um, and she did that, and I, I thought that was amazing because I was somebody else that learned from my experience. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah. If you say, so, what websites would he did he recommend that you go on? I'm thinking of other healthcare professionals who might be listening to this now. Right. Um, so there's support uh, networks as well. It might be interesting too. Yeah. So I mean, obviously the ch- the the obvious ones are the Terence Higgins Trust. Um, you know, there's there's links and access to all sorts on there that you can, you know, yeah. that you know is real. Um, Fast Track Cardiff is very good if it's local in Wales. Um, I think it's NAMS. And that might be complete. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, don't ask me. I haven't done any research on it for a long time. I no, haven't needed you know, to. <laughs> you don't need to do. No, it's you. You're the support network now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you could say that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe we'll find no, out. Good to know. Yeah. Did you find them helpful? The support networks when you first. Um, to be honest, THT, yes. Fast Track Cardiff has come later on. Yeah. Uh, but THT at the time, you know, yeah, it was like it was almost like your guardian angels in the background. Yeah. 
And you knew that if you ever you needed to go and talk, even though I, I very rarely did, or I probably did not even knowing, they probably supported me not even, yeah, without me even knowing they were, you know, like if I was out and they were, they'd always make their presence, they'd be walking around with packs of condoms and whatever on the nightclubs and stuff. And I'd always stop and say hello. And no doubt that that's, that's absolutely helped me along my way, you know. Yeah. But um, I think. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking if, if there are student nurses listening to this, because I remember doing my training and probably had a little bit of a different sort of tilt to where, to how you've explained different nurses, because I um, I had spent um, one of my placements was in the, um, what we call the gum clinic, the sexual health clinic at the time. And I remember I made, I did spoke placements and I went to the Tennessee interest to spend time with them to have a get a better understanding of that so I probably did have a good understanding at that time but like I said that was me choosing to do that so that wasn't part of the of the program and I think you know from my comparison what you said then I remember doing my training and working at um, a night shift and looking after Sunday this would have been back in the 90s so that's a difference really isn't it from from there till now and caring for somebody and um, everybody was like you said gloves apron mask and we're, we're concerned about caring for this person. So, you know, I do remember sitting there going, well, we don't, this was back in the 90s, knew I didn't need to wear all of this. Um, I remember sitting down and just holding their hand and everyone being too scared to do that. And that impact that had has stayed with me. Um, I always remember that and how they felt and how I felt feeling that they were sort of isolated on their own. And mm-hmm. um so it's good that we, I think it's important that we raise that awareness and, you know, and, and the impact we have as healthcare professionals and, and it's so important that we have that understanding, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, I mean, that's amazing. And you know what? I applaud you for just being that way. And thank you, if you like, because it was people like you that made the difference back then. Um, yeah, you know, just, I'm just saying that's just, no, but, little, you're, you know, but, yeah. but just that one, that one time, you know, it's, um, absolutely it, it would have made a difference and you think of the what people went through in the 80s it's it's it, we can't even think about it and i always yeah. say people you know we've had documentaries and um, dramas come out it's a sin and if people haven't seen that i would urge you to go and yeah, watch definitely. it yeah. you know to see to see what it was like um yeah do just just google just spend 10 minutes googling about what the difference is between hiv positive and hiv positive and detectable you know um it's it's so it's so important just to get your basic understanding because it could be your it could be your brother your sister your parent your it could be one of your children you know um but the more people more we know about it the better good Brilliant, definitely. Thank you, Gavin. Um, so, right. if you, if somebody now was diagnosed um, and been diagnosed with HIV, what would you tell them? What what information and what advice would you give them now? If somebody's listened to this and just been diagnosed, um, I think I'd probably deal with it, and I have dealt with it because it has happened. Um, exactly the same way that I was dealt with, and and it was. A, you know, I'm always very confident when I talk about it, and you know, this ain't the end of the, this ain't the end of the world. This is very, very manageable as long as you are prepared to take your medication. You will protect yourself and everyone around you, and you will live a long and healthy life. 
obviously are going to say look after yourself and you know not do all the naughty things but you can live your life go and explore do what do what you always wanted to do don't let this stop you um make this make this be a turning point where you now live your life so a massive thank you to Gaina and Gavin for letting us listen to that conversation with that big emphasis on living with HIV. Um, if you'd like more information about the condition, please look at the NHS website or the World Health Organization website. And also please look at organizations such as the Terence Higgins Trust. Uh, thanks ever so much for listening.